This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, episode number 94. In this episode, we talk about individual competency and team competency, two essential elements to achieve interprofessional collaborative practice. Don't miss it. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Welcome back, everyone. This is Michelle of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And her sidekick, Tracy. And we are here to deliver another awesome podcast interview, there, just the two of us. Is there anything else that's, I mean, would it be anything else but awesome? No, of no. course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Oh. Another today, fun one. Another fun one. And today you get just the two of us. Ah. Yeah. Well, we're just going to fill your airwaves with some Wonderful conversation about another polarity that's near and dear to our hearts, and that is individual competency and team competency. Yes. Yes. And we're yes. recording this when, Michelle? In April, National Interprofessional Healthcare Month. Ta da! <laughs> Isn't that special? <laughs> it is special. It is special. And, you know, the road to interprofessional collaboration, well, it's been kind of a long one. Yeah, 50, 60 years. Yeah. I think that's a long road, (laughs) especially (laughs) if you're walking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and healthcare doesn't look anything today like it did when it first started, when people first started talking about working in teams and educating clinicians as team members and lots of changes. Yeah, we've had a lot of changes. And the thing about polarities, no matter how many changes are going on, this is still a polarity that needs to be known about and it needs to be leveraged and managed. So does it go away? It does. That's why it's still here. (laughs) In fact, now in the battle against COVID, it has even heightened awareness of the benefits of interprofessional collaboration and teamwork. I mean, some of the stories that we've seen have been remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I I don't, I don't think that, that that's probably um, surprising because, you know, having worked at the bedside when a crisis hits, everybody pulls together. Right. Like, I mean, it just, it, it just happens. Right. It just happens. But I think, 
it, it's sustaining it after that. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. It's keeping it going. That's where this becomes important. Our topic today becomes really important. And I think, um, I think there is a, an awareness of um, what people can do, you know? And I think what happens in situations like COVID is peel back the onion really rapidly. <laughs> yeah. The things that constrain us in a typical day don't constrain us in the sense of an emergency because there's that shared purpose. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've seen that in, uh, you know, airplane accidents and different types of traumas. And it always begs the question, yeah, why is this so hard to sustain it? Mm -hmm. And well, that's what we're going to talk about today. One, just one of the reasons, because to have successful, sustainable, interprofessional collaborative practice, it requires individual competency and team competency. And the thing about it is, Tracy, is that the leaders, healthcare leaders, they have an accountability to reduce duplication, repetition, and fragmentation of care. I mean, when you're kind of, you know, the, the leader running the ship, so to speak, it's you need to really look out for these things because it's you know causing increase in time, money, resources. So there is a big accountability that comes with this. And so that requires interprofessional collaborative team-based care. And many leaders may be novices in this area. They may just take it for granted that it's already happening. There's so much to still uncover about it. Yeah. Well, they weren't taught that way. Right. Right. They they not some of the clinical leaders weren't necessarily exposed to interprofessional education. They don't necessarily know what it takes to work interprofessionally, collaboratively in teams and be efficient and effective and be able to reduce duplication or repetition and right all of that. So, yeah. Well, and then many of our healthcare leaders aren't clinicians. So right. they're even further removed from understanding interprofessional team competency and individual competency. Yeah. Well, and we've got a big history yeah. to overcome, right? We've got a lot of hierarchy within and across the professions. And we've got, you know, some of those things that we've got to move through and work through and shifting beliefs and shifting attitudes. And it, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, putting a group together and saying, okay, go, you know? <laughs> you're a team. Hey, <laughs> it doesn't quite work that way. Right. So the challenge is not only the leaders, but the clinicians, you know, a lot of the clinicians, not all in healthcare today, were not educated in a profession. They were educated in isolation within their own profession. And I remember when I went to school, I remember sitting in this big cafeteria knowing the nurses were sitting over there and the respiratory therapists were over here. <laughs> and that's as close as we got, right? We didn't have any classes together. We didn't share any instruction. I mean, that's as close as we got. We yep. knew they were there. They knew we were there. That was it, right? And um, and we didn't really know. We didn't know what they were learning other than, you know, pharmacology. <laughs> <laughs> So this stuff doesn't just happen. And I think while there's been great strides in interprofessional education, we've got a ways to go from a continuing education perspective to bring the current workforce up to speed, you know, and hopefully the newer clinicians coming out of these interprofessional education programs are 
having an influence in the cultures and in the organizations, you know, that they're able to, to share. But we know some have struggled in their education um, experiences, not seeing good role models in the clinical setting for collaboration, right? They go there expecting to see it in action and haven't necessarily seen that. So we know that there's still some gaps there, right, that we're trying to bridge. And, um, you know, having a, just a knowledge of what it means to right. work interprofessionally. Um, and there's not even a knowledge assessment available for interprofessional chiropractic. So, you know, there's just ways, we've got a ways to go, but it's just, mm-hmm. even exactly what does that mean? You know, you use the term, but what does that mean? And what are the skills necessary? Um, so those are some of the challenges, right, that we face um, as leaders as you're trying to move this forward. And then, you know, again, that focus on education and continuing education has really been about profession-specific practices or tasks, not necessarily how that fits in with the whole of the rest of the team or what that means from a team competency perspective. Um, you know, so, and this is all tied back to routine task and scope of practice, right? So these two influence each other. When you think about individual competency, that's tied to routine task and scope. And so if you don't have that managed, this is even going to be difficult because you got to have both of those to be individually competent. Kind of a layering thing here. It is. There's uh, Things are definitely connected. There's no doubt about that. And so when you think about the magnitude of this, because it's pretty big, um, it's really helpful to have, you know, a guiding framework, something that really helps you assess, pay attention, implement, measure over time. And that's what um, our Healthy Healing Organization or H2O framework does. And it helps organizations maintain individual competency in a way that, to Tracy's point, we make sure that it is a combination of routine task and scope of practice. Because it's looking at how well you're performing uh, and managing those that tension between the two um, through our performance pillar of the H2O framework. It also helps to ensure each clinician knows and can articulate their scope of practice. So it's one thing knowing it, but can they articulate it? And uh, those are critical steps to actually delivering it, which then falls it back into that individual competency poll. And you have to give equal attention to the team competency. So how do they, how are they competent together uh, in interprofessional collaborative practice and interprofessional teamwork? All right, we are about halfway through this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And we want to take a moment to share that we are very excited about a new program we've released. Let's face it, you and your teams have been through some incredibly stressful times, and it's challenging to know how to support the team and still take care of yourself in the process. We help healthcare leaders become thriving, resilient, and unstoppable leaders. We've recently created a new self-study program titled Caring for Others Without Neglecting You. In this self-study, you will begin to develop polarity intelligence to leverage the tension in your life and create your own personalized strategy for balancing caring for your team and you. Go over to missinglogic.com forward slash new dash events to learn more and enroll today. So a few things that you can do as a healthcare leader to kind of move this forward. 
I think one is learn all you can about interprofessional collaborative practice and those competencies. And the IPEC came out with competencies in 2011 and 2016. That's the Interprofessional Education Collaborative. And you can just Google that and you'll be able to pull those competencies right up. But I think just educate yourself as a leader. What are the competencies and what are we doing? How are we doing with this, right? The other is know and understand interprofessional language, right? So there's there's a whole language issue <laughs> when it comes to interprofessional collaborative practice. It's the, the terminology is a quagmire, right? You can just really get, and the NAP has done, National Academy of Practice has done some work around a lexicon uh, related to that. And uh, Dr. Andrea Feifel is, was the lead on that. And we did an interview with her, it was episode 88. Um, and then know your current reality. That's a leader's first obligation is to know what really is going on here, right? What is the reality and how prepared are your staff to work collaboratively and develop team competency? And how, how competent are they in their individual professions, right? Which again is task and scope of practice. So, um, you know, that's another element. And then leverage and measure the in individual competency and team competency polarity, and, you know. And that, again, is kind of a performance measure and something that we do with the H2O framework. So it's kind of getting your finger on the pulse of where are we, what do we have in place to help sustain, maintain, or improve it, and, and then, you know, how are we progressing along the way? Yeah, so that's the good news. You can actually measure it. Yeah. So let's talk about what happens if you're not leveraging or managing this well. Um, if you are a leader who does not leverage or manage the individual and team competency polarity well, and or you know over time you um, overemphasize one to the neglect of the other competency, it will create an environment where patients and families experience fragmented incompetent care. So don't want that folks. <laughs> No, and that seems rash, but in the grand scheme of things, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you could be a leader uh, who's very vigilant about this. You understand it. And so you do monitor, measure, and adjust it to manage the individual and team competency polarity. In order to have a sustainable environment where patients and families experience integrated, competent care. So it's totally possible, totally doable. Yeah, piece of cake. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, but you know, the, the true thriving, resilient, unstoppable leader, they support infrastructures and processes that strengthen both individual competency and team competencies. And again, they're vigilant in monitoring us because this is critical, right? It's critical to that integrated, safe, quality care that we want to deliver in our houses. We want to be the best place to give and receive care. We want the, the patients and families to be happy, and we want the clinicians to operate at the top of their scope and to operate collectively together at the top of their scope of practice and be competent, right? So we can deliver that kind of care. And they, they monitor this vigilantly, and then they course correct. They're not afraid to change things, to course correct if something is not being as effective as they thought it would be. And that's what this is all about, right? In order to create mm -hmm. that, that environment of, you know, um, 
giving the best care, receiving the best care, and and, and getting those outcomes that you're looking for. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal line. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. <laughs> Let's go get it. Well, that concludes our podcast session for today. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And we look forward to seeing you next time. So in the meantime, stay safe and stay healthy. Bye. We're waving to you. You can't see us. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>